following is an encore presentation of Your Pet Matters, with many new shows to come. Missed an episode? No worries. You can subscribe to a free weekly episode of Your Pet Matters to listen to on your favorite podcasting platform. Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, whatever. Now, here's a replay of Your Pet Matters with Dr. Michael Takiwa. Sit down, grab a blanket, and snuggle up with your furry family because it's time for Your Pet Matters with Dr. T of Progressive Veterinary Care where Dr. Michael Takiwa will discuss everything you need to know to keep your fuzzy friends happy, healthy, and safe. Your Pet Matters is underwritten by Progressive Veterinary Care, 390 County Road, Route 518, Skillman. For more information online, it's ProgressiveVeterinaryCare.com. Here he is now, only on 107.7 The Bronx. Oh, we all know that wonderful sound, that sound of that dentist drill going. Good morning. Welcome to Your Pat Matters. I'm your host, Michael Dr. T. Tequila, and I'm here to talk about pet dentistry. But first, right here, oh, wait, let me get rid of that drill. It's going, it's going, it's going, it's gone. But first, uh, if you didn't know, 1077 The Bronx is proudly nominated for the National Association of Broadcasters 2019 Marconi Award for Best College Radio Station of the Year. Isn't that awesome? I I gotta tell you that um, personally, I've worked with some pretty darn big radio stations. Um, what I love about the Bronx is, and I tell everyone, everyone needs to know this. What I tell about everyone about the Bronx is that it's basically student-run um, radio station. Um, the, my producer is a student here. I've gone through several producers each year. There's a, there's a new one which is phenomenal and gives everyone a chance to learn the ropes. Um, John Moses, the station manager, is absolutely the best. Um, many years in the business, and as a result, he's created a wonderful culture here, a wonderful professional culture, and I'm proud to say that I'm part of the 1077 The Bronx family members of radio shows. Really proud about that. So um, they're probably going to win. That's how confident I am about this. But but let, let's get back to the topic at hand. So the reason why I, I'm, I'm talking about dentistry is I actually went to the dentist today, and I, I'm, I'm sitting there, and, and I've, I've told many clients this before. It, it's There's really no difference. If you get a proper professional dental cleaning by a veterinarian, there really is no difference between what you experience at your dentist versus what we provide for your pets, with one exception, and I'll get into that. But, but the most important thing is that everything you do at the dentist, so let me run through exactly what happened with me, and I'll tell you what happens with pets, because it's exactly the same. So. I go in, um, I go in the waiting room and I check in, and the first thing they they do is they get me to stand in this wonderful contraption um, that basically takes a whole mouth dental x-ray to show all my teeth, all my crowns, whatever fillings I may have, um, and it's for the purposes of looking for any dental disease. So basically when you look at a pet's tooth what you visibly see in their mouth is only about 40 percent of that tooth so that's one important concept to understand the second important concept to understand is typically by age three so that's three years in a human's ear um, 70 75 percent of pets actually have some form of dental disease um, whether it be gingivitis whether it be excessive tartar build it whether it be infection whether it be cracked chipped uh, slab fractured teeth and it's very important at the very least to get that dental exam going so let me backtrack what's initially going to happen during the whole process is part of the physical exam of your pet is to get their teeth looked at and so your veterinarian is going to lift up the gum and look at their teeth and what we're looking for mostly is is do we a see tartar buildup B, is the gum inflamed, i.e. gingivitis. C, is there infection. Um, D, if there is infection, are there any loose teeth, etc. And I think an important thing to talk about is that if the tooth is loose, typically that entails enough infection that it's got to be a not good scenario for your pet. Um, And another important concept is with infection comes pain, 
dental pain, if anyone's ever experienced that. Um, I do have some sensitive teeth, so I can, that nerves get stimulated. Um, dental pain is one of the highest pains that we experience. So if your dog or cat has dental disease, then typically they're in pain. Um, and a lot of people say, well, I don't notice, I don't notice that my pet's in pain. Well, I had this discussion yesterday. I said to the client, I said, listen, I said, pets are way more able to compensate for pain than we are. I said, we are actually the wusses of the living entity beings in this world. Um, pets can really take a lot more pain, but dental disease is pain. So your vet looks for signs of dental disease or even signs of tartar buildup. And the analogy would be is if we see tartar buildup, we grade it from one through four where one is um, mild buildup, but that is enough buildup to justify a professional dental cleaning. And then we go up above and then you're at stage four where you have like stinky breath, rotting teeth, they're about to fall out, etc. So there's a lot of dental disease there. So at grade one, we do recommend a dental cleaning because the whole concept and process that we're trying to do as veterinarians is to clean your pet's teeth just like I get my teeth cleaned and not lead it to remove all the teeth because of infection. So we want to get to the point where we're actually cleaning teeth regularly um, so that we don't have to worry about pulling teeth out, infection, etc. Um, if your dentist not your dentist, your veterinarian um, explains grade two and greater, I would definitely recommend a professional dental cleaning and you have to be prepared, even with a grade one dental, you have to be prepared for the concept of of cracked teeth, you have to prepare for the concept of infected teeth, and we discover that by going back to those dental x-rays. So, so going back to my visit today, the first thing that happened was I had x-rays taken, digital radiographs, we call them taken. Um, my teeth were then professionally cleaned through the process of um, ultrasonic scaling, hand scaling, and then my teeth were buffed um, using paste and a compound polisher. Um, the, there's another way to buff your teeth, it's through spraying baking soda. Um, I love it. And then the dentist comes in, we chat, he manually looks at my teeth, probes them, and then looks at the digital radiographs to determine if there's any infection. And, and today, clean bill of health, nothing going on. Um, so it's important to get that done. And there is no difference between what we do as a veterinarian looking at your pet's teeth from a dental standpoint to what your human dentist does for you. And it stresses the importance of getting those digital radiographs done. There are still some practicing veterinarians who don't do digital radiographs. I honestly think they're doing a disservice because it's through those digital radiographs we find a lot of disease. Um, it's inevitable with me that the digital radiographs will show if there's dental disease or not, and it's the same with your pet. We've clean teeth, they look beautiful. You take a dental um, x-ray and you notice that there's a giant crack or there's actually infection under the gum line. So to me, it's, it's really worth it to get those digital radiographs. To me, it's a standard of care. Um, AHA, it's a standard of care. Um, your American Veterinary Medical Association makes it a standard of care. So just, we have to make sure, just ask your vet, do they take digital radiographs? of your teeth. Um, well, not necessarily digital. It doesn't be digital, but today everything's digital. It could be manual radiographs, um, but that's important. So then I said there's one fundamental difference, and I think this is the biggest thing that scares um, people away from getting their pet's teeth clean. In order to do a professional dental cleaning, the, the biggest thing I was observing myself there, she, the hygienist kept on saying, hey, turn to your left, open your mouth, turn to your right, uh, open your mouth, uh, go back to your left, open your mouth, open, flush, rinse, whatever. These are things that it's impossible to get a pet to do this. In order to properly clean their teeth, it is impossible to properly clean a pet's teeth if they are not under some form of anesthesia. And that's the biggest fear that, that people have. Um, and it's funny because, you know, I think that anesthetic protocols are going um, constantly in the human and the pet world. We're doing much more senior um, anesthesias as people get their knees and hips replaced, um, you know, colonoscopies, whatever. There's a lot of anesthesia going around and 
I'd be lying to say that there is no risk. And I think anyone who says there's no risk in anesthesia would be lying, but you minimize your risk. And you minimize your risk in several ways. And the number one and best way is to do a proper physical exam. Um, basically making sure your pet is in good physical health. Um, their cardiovascular system is in good physical health. And then you do blood work and you make sure that their metabolic system, their organs are in good physical health to help clean um, the anesthesia from the system. And if you have those two values that are normal, um, even abnormal but stable, um, you can do anesthesia on pets with kidney issues. You can do anesthesia on pets with hypothyroidism. You can do anesthesia with pets in mild liver disease. You can do it. The risks become greater, but it is possible. And if a pet is stable, <clears throat> the risk is nominal. But in order to do a professional cleaning, you, you need the advent of anesthesia. Now, some of you are probably thinking, oh, I heard of anesthesia-free um, dental cleanings. And yes, they're occurring in some places. But if you talk to dentists of the vet world, which are specialists who've gone beyond the training of myself, um, anesthesia is something that is necessary to do the proper cleaning. You can't do it properly without um, anesthesia. You can't take proper radiographs. And if you need dental surgery, you're going to have to undergo anesthesia. So it's something that we, we minimize the, the, the risks, but it's definitely worth it because letting dental disease go can not only affect your pet's dental health, but if there's bleeding involved, the bacteria can go into the bloodstream and affect other organs. So talk to your veterinarian, get a good dental exam and ask them really good questions about dentistry. Get them to show you their setup for anesthesia. Um, make sure they are taking radiographs and they're doing a proper cleaning. But typically, small dogs and cats may need cleanings once a year. I actually have a almost medium-sized dog in my practice that, because it's difficult to do home dental care, that we are actually looking at cleaning their teeth every six months. Six months to a pet's life is approximately two to four years um, in our terms. So think about it that way. Right now, we'll take a break. We'll come back and talk about some more wonderful things. So stay tuned right down here, here at Your Pet Matters on 1077 and 1077thebronc.com. The following is an encore presentation of Your Pet Matters with many new shows to come. Missed an episode? No worries. You can subscribe to a free weekly episode of Your Pet Matters to listen to on your favorite podcasting platform, Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, whatever. Now... Here's a replay of Your Pet Matters with Dr. Michael Takiwa. We're back with Your Pet Matters with Dr. T of Progressive Veterinary Care, discussing everything you need to know to keep your furry friends happy, healthy, and safe. Only on 1077 The Bronx. Welcome back. And if you're just joining us, I was talking about professional dental cleanings for your pets. Um, so, like I was saying, the, the, the most common pet size that requires regular dental cleanings is usually cats and small dogs. Um, they tend to have a higher propensity of dental tartar buildup and it can lead to gum disease, it can lead to gum infection, tooth infection, etc. Um, many Rescue cats, if you notice, um, when you take your rescue cat to the vet, a lot of them have a, a form of gingivitis or inflammation of the gum line, and that can increase the buildup of tartar, that inflammation alone. So it's important to develop whether you, you get a dental cleaning or not. It's not like, hey, I'm gonna get my pet's teeth cleaned and then they're gonna be good to go. You really have to develop a good, what I call a home dental care system. Um, the best approach is definitely to brush your pet's teeth. Ideally, after every meal. Um, statistically, right now, we're happy with two to three times a week. Um, I like to recommend doing it once a day. And it's not hard. You don't have to use a pet toothbrush. You don't have to use a human toothbrush. If you find that they work better for you, awesome. Um, I think the most important thing is to get some physical action brushing that tooth, whether it be a brush, whether it be a piece of gauze I send home sometimes. I actually use a face cloth or a microfiber cloth on my dog. And the other important thing is to get some form of toothpaste. Um, you have a lot of pet toothpaste out there that are flavored. I definitely recommend doing something that your pet likes, um, picking a flavor or a taste that your pet likes. There's other pet toothpaste out there a bit more medicinal, um, but I would stick with pet toothpaste. They have 
enzymes in them to help break down tartar. Unlike our toothpaste, our toothpaste tend to have foaming agents, they tend to be chemical based and whitening, et cetera, that actually, you know, you notice we do not swallow our toothpaste, we rinse it out or spit out as pets aren't able to do that. So a lot of these products can actually irritate um, their stomach and lead to stomach upset. So the best is to use a pet toothpaste, um, even if you can't do that. My mother-in-law would literally brush her Golden's teeth with a face cloth, no toothpaste, just rub a wet face cloth on his teeth. He never needed a dental. Um, I think it's very important to do that. It's it's the, probably the number one preventative thing you can do for your pet is to brush their teeth. Um, it's it And by doing so, I always talk about dentistries or dental issues in pets to be the number one preventable thing. The reason why we're talking about dentals more often is we're, as a profession, we're trying to make you as pet parents much more aware of what's going on so that you can create a good home, dental care program, and if necessary, get your pet's teeth cleaned. Um, so brushing by far is number one. Now, very rarely will a cat let you brush their teeth. In many instances, some dogs will not let you brush your teeth. So what are our options there? Well, our options would be some form of chew. Um, I like two products out there. I like, um, there's an Oravet or Frontline Oral Care, I believe it is. It is a product that is soft, so it actually, it's chewable in the sense that your pet chews and it rubs up against the teeth and brushes them. Um, it's got some toothpaste in it, it's got some coating agents in it, so once the tooth, tooth is cleaned, it actually coats the teeth. The other product um, I like is actually a diet. Um, Hills makes a tooth diet, TD diet, and we find that it works out really well. A lot of pets like it. Um, again, it's designed soft enough for the tooth to um, penetrate, hard enough to grind up against the tooth, and it's got enzymes built in to help break down tartar. Um, there are there are a lot of these enzymes put into food at this point in time. Um, some people choose to do the greeny approach. Some people choose to do um, rawhide chew, CET chews. I have uh, caveats for those. I mean, if it doesn't upset your pet's stomach, um, if they swallow big, big chunks and don't chew, it's not gonna work. If they swallow big chunks, it can lead to stomach upset. Um, for the rawhides, it could potentially lead to um, GI issues. Um, so just be careful with things like that. Um, and the third is water, water additives. You add products to your pet's drinking water. I have mixed feelings about that. 50% of cats in my practice that um, pet parents try to do this, they just turn their nose up at the water. Um, and often, more often than not, I don't really don't, don't think it works. I think it depends on how your pet um, drinks and it's not like they're swishing the, the water around their mouth like we swish um, mouthwash in ourselves. So number one, the best is to brush your teeth, get them started at a young age, um, make it fun. Um, even if you use something that um, they like to, to, to lick, um, like uh, some people use some chicken broth, something that's not gonna have products in it that are gonna cl um, cling to the teeth and lead to tartar buildup, it's a good start. But number one is, is physically brushing your pet's teeth. Um, the other thing that I, I, I would strongly advise you to just be cautious with is uh, a lot of groomers will literally scrape your pet's teeth. Um, I can tell that this is the case for two reasons in the exam room. Number one, your pet's teeth look white, but their breath really smells. And so what's happening is they're scraping off all the visible tartar, which to me indicates there's dental disease going on in your pet. B, like I said before, only 40% of that tooth is actually visible. The 60% under the gum line probably has infection. So every time I see a situation where there's these teeth that are scraped and I smell bad breath, I talk about dental disease, those are the scenarios where there's probably underlying dental disease that when you do get a professional cleaning and they do digital radiographs, you'll probably find some issues there. Um, the other thing that scraping does is it actually creates a rough surface on your pet's teeth. And tartar likes nothing better than a rough surface to cling to. So part of the process is, is going back to when I get my teeth cleaned, they actually buff my teeth at the end. They wanna make a smooth surface. So not only can you run your tongue on and go, hey, it feels so smooth, but it also prevents the buildup of tartar. It's, it's literally like waxing your car. That's what you're doing to your teeth. You're, you're putting a, a, a smooth surface on there so, so debris, um, tartar, bacteria doesn't get a chance to cling. 
Um, so that's something definitely to think about. Um, you know, I, I don't know groomers who don't do this. I, I think they're, they're, they feel they're doing a service, but they're actually hiding potential dental disease. So again, get your veterinarian to look at your pet's teeth, have a discussion with them, and move forward from there about what's the best dental care for your pet. Um, in February of every year, it's National Pet Dental Month, and a lot of vet clinics have um, deals um, on pet dentistry. Um, it's interesting because I always look at it, well, if it's only one month a year, you're going to get pets to come in for dental cleanings. That's not very good. The pets need dental cleanings on a regular basis. So, so definitely talk to your veterinarian. I, I think there are more creative vets out there who will come up with some uh, ideas about how to get your pet's um, dental care done properly. And one more thing I wanted to add is that, you know, I understand that anesthesia for professional dental cleanings is a concern, but um, you're going to get a couple scenarios. I think one question definitely to ask your veterinarian is, is when any pet is put under anesthesia for anything, what is their process? Um, number one, they should be talking to you about physical exams, pre-surgical blood work. They should be talking about their setup. They should be talking about the type of anesthesia agents they use. And equally important, they should talk to you about the concept of having someone, some team member be the anesthesiologist that's gonna monitor um, your pet's anesthesia under, under whatever procedure happens. And then you have the person performing the procedure. In most cases, it's the veterinarian doing surgery. Um, for dentistry, the technicians can clean and take the x-rays. Um, if any surgery or extractions are needed, then the veterinarian steps in. Um, so that's something definitely to ask your veterinarian about. And lastly, I wanted to talk about the veterinary dental specialist. So they not only can do things like um, root canals, but they can do specialized surgery of the mouth. So many times we are actually diagnosing some oral tumors in your pet's mouth. And in most cases, a lot of surgery involves a certified professional. So that's where your veterinarian dentist comes into play. They've gone through extra schooling. They're skilled in doing special surgery of the mouth. Um, and this is what they deal with all the time. So they're usually found at uh, referral centers. Um, although there is one, there's two specialists out there that I know that are practicing in private practice. So um, definitely ask your veterinarian who they know is their veterinarian dentist, but they're, they're more equipped to, to handle those types of things. And a lot of times um, they'll be dealing with not only tumor removals, but many of the tumors actually infiltrate the jaw and they talk about removal um, of partial jaws and everything like that, which, Believe it or not, pets do great. So don't get scared about that concept. I'm actually gonna have a conversation um, with a client who has a tumor and the options are surgery or other, and um, we're gonna have a discussion about what's involved with that surgery. A lot of people worry about what things are gonna look like, et cetera, but it, it's amazing how well the pets do. Um, in many cases, it's the best thing to do. Okay, let's take a break and we'll come back. So stay tuned right here on Your Pet Matters on 107.7, your FM dial, 1077thebronc.com. Every weekend, you'll find a project to get involved with. And sometimes, it'll include your scaly or furry partner in crime. From Your Pet Matters with Dr. T, it's time for Producer's Pet Project. Your go-to for pet news, recall alerts, adoption services, and overall helpful tips and tricks to keep your best friend happy and healthy. Producer's Pet Project is underwritten in part by Progressive Veterinary Care. Hello everyone, I hope you're enjoying this episode of Your Pet Matters. I'm your producer Wade Buchanan, and I wanted to continue my talk on uh, recent pet experiences that's happened in my life. Um, last time I talked about the uh, pet um, fish that I had along with my dog who um, unfortunately passed away back in 2014 I believe. Um, but now I want to talk about the current pet that I have in my life, and um, that is with my dad and his girlfriend and that is their cat Sadie. Now Sadie, I don't know the specific uh, breed of the cat, um, but she has I guess kind of a white belly with um, uh, black and gray black and gray kind of top and tail. So she's an interesting looking cat um, and she's uh, great most of the time, you know. She finds her spots on the couch to steal from everyone. 
Um, she eats fine, she drinks great. Um, she gets plenty of activity with all the toys that she has around. Uh, we have lots of spaces for her to just kind of just uh, chill out, you know. Um, what we actually did, because we don't want like um, any mischief by the windows, because it could be potentially dangerous in a 12-story condo, which we live on the 11th floor. Um, but we did find um, that putting her, I guess, kind of her like little resting pedestal thing next to the window is perfect because during the daytime she likes to just bask in the sunlight and sleep the day away. But of course at night uh, we'll hear the bells uh, going off from her toys and uh, it's actually funny because my dad has the most trouble with um, Sadie. Uh, what Sadie likes to do, right, is she likes to sit on my dad's chest <laughs> while he's sleeping. And of course, you know, dad can't breathe during sleep. It's going to wake him up and he's going to be like, oh my God, it's the cat again. And so, you know, I have to brush off the cat, you know, and then he goes over to like, um, just kind of like turn to the side to face away from the cat. And Sadie, being the ever so um, attention-seeking um, girl that she is, she will get in between my dad and his girlfriend and just kind of lay there <laughs> like like she was a child um scared of the dark so yeah she's she's a little mischief maker but um other than that you know there isn't really much outside um i do have a couple of uh, story experiences myself that um i do like to talk about with sadie um so Sadie would often like to try and get out on the porch because we have like a little uh, patio outside that we have like um, the table set up for for good like dinner um, seatings and we get like a nice overview of the town we live in um, and you know Sadie Cat of course is always um, scratching at the door she's always just like let me out let me out I want to be with you I want to be with the people so we made an exception to where you know oh the first few times she has to come out on a leash and i know you know you have to put the harness on the cat the cat isn't gonna like it but it's what we had to do to make sure that the cat was safe you know so we put the leash on her and um we just kind of take it step by step we you know she has to get used to being outside she can't go on the railings she can't go on really high elevated places like the chair table because that could just give you the access to the railing um we just like to keep her on the patio ground level simple as that and then as time got better we eventually let her you know st um come out without the leash but of course mischief curiosity all those things you know are of course a factor so she likes to go to the railing and kind of just look at it but again we don't want her to be anywhere near the railing because if she hops up on it it's just one movement and that's not really what we want so we just <clears throat> we just kind of just like push her away from the um railing and if she gets a little too curious or starts like you know getting nancy about it we just eventually get her back inside um, but yeah, she's happy, she's healthy, you know, we feed her all the right things, we give her plenty of, um, water, um, plenty of, you know, cat food, cat treats, you know, and she's just also very talkative in both the morning and at nighttime because she's hungry, you know, she has to eat, and we're just, we have to do it. <laughs> Because, you know, she'll, she'll just keep meowing, she'll keep meowing, and then she'll, you know, open the doors, brush off against our faces, um, do all that, just to basically get attention, saying, I'm hungry, please, please feed me. <laughs> but, um, yeah, um, I've had a lot of, that's pretty much it, but I've had a lot of good pet experiences over the course of my life, so it's always interesting learning more and more about you know, uh, the safety guide and what it takes to actually um, take care of pets, you know, from my personal experience or from other per uh, other people's personal experiences, it's really nice and it's really um, cool thing to kind of look into. But 
Yep, unfortunately, that is all the time I have for today. So tune in next week where I can tell you more tips, tricks, and other things to keep your furry friends happy, healthy, and safe. Until then, back to Dr. T and your pet matters. I'm your producer, Wade Buchanan, and I will see you all in the next one. Stay safe, everybody. That was today's segment of Producer's Pet Project. Your one stop for all things pet news, recall alerts, adoption services, and more. Be sure to tune in next time. And for a more in-depth conversation, listen to Your Pet Matters with Dr. T every Saturday morning at 10 a.m. Producer's Pet Project is underwritten in part by Progressive Veterinary Care. Only on 107.7 The Bronx. The following is an encore presentation of Your Pet Matters with many new shows to come. Missed an episode? No worries. You can subscribe to a free weekly episode of Your Pet Matters to listen to on your favorite podcasting platform. Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, whatever. Now, here's a replay of Your Pet Matters with Dr. Michael Takiwa. We're back with Your Pet Matters with Dr. T of Progressive Veterinary Care, discussing everything you need to know to keep your furry friends happy, healthy, and safe. Only on 107.7 The Bronx. Welcome back. If you're just joining us, I've been talking about your pet's dental care. Um, one thing that I didn't really touch upon is what are the signs of dental disease? And so I'll talk about the signs that I think that we're definitely into dent farther into dental disease, and those are the signs and symptoms that I wish we could avoid. Um, namely, um, we see a lot during the exam, uh, especially with cats, if they chatter when I'm touching their teeth, they chatter. That's pain. Um, if they have drooling, um, if there's literally, you know, pus coming out between the tooth and the gum line, that's all advanced dental disease that dictates a, not only cleaning, but you have to look at extractions and dental surgery going on. So I think the biggest thing to look for is if you just get a little mild buildup of tartar, you'll see that um, a lot of times at the base of the canines um, or on the big teeth in the back, those are initial signs. But I think the initial thing is bad breath. Um, tartar is bacteria. And when you have bacteria in the mouth, you have that bad breath. And that's the first sign I would get you to look out for. And you'll notice that a lot of these products that work really well are just brushing your pet's teeth eliminates bad breath. Um, there are two websites that I would definitely get you to look at, the American uh, Veterinary Dental College, um, avdc.org. They have a really good synopsis on anesthesia-free dentals and why they're not recommended. Um, the other is the veterinarian, Veterinary Oral Health Care. Yeah, veterinaryoralhealthcare.org, and they, they have a list of products. So if you're, if you're wondering what products are great for my pet's dental care, they have a listing of products there that they recommend. So definitely check those sites out. But I think the biggest thing is have a visit to your vet, get them to look at the teeth. Um, I find that the best approach to this is that you want to be proactive. Um, it's funny that pet parents that have had pets with dental disease are very proactive about the following pet care, but I want every pet parent to be proactive of um, their pet's oral care, and there's nothing like the present to start, and there's no better time than when they're young. And if you've adopted seniors, if you've adopted adult pets, definitely get their teeth looked at. A lot of shelters um, simply for finances um, can't perform great dentals or even get dental care, so definitely get that looked at. Um, and talk to your veterinarian about that. Um, the thing I want to finish with today is I always like looking in the news, and lately I've been looking at a vaccine. Um, I don't really want it. We talk about vaccines a lot. Um, bottom line from my perspective and most um, really progressive practicing veterinarians is vaccines work, recommended, um, and talk to your veterinarian about that. Um, but there's a new study that started last month about a cancer vaccine, and they're, they're looking at the effects of this in dogs. Um, it's like a universal vaccine that they're they're getting dogs to get this vaccine. Uh, control studies will get a placebo effect. So they're looking for two things, the prevention of cancer or the decrease in incidence of cancer. Um, believe it or not, the dogs die. Number one cause of death in dogs, adult dogs, is cancer. Um, so the 
researchers are creating this vaccine, then they're administering it to dogs to see what's going to happen. So the two possible outcomes um, are the decrease in cancer in dogs, which is huge, or um, delay the onset of cancer. And I think those are two um, great possibilities. The third, clearly, this is a study, would be that it doesn't, there is no difference, there is no effect. Um, but this, like anything um, with respect to research in general, um, along the One Health line is the benefits we find for these types of studies can help the human world as well. So I think that's really cool. I, th I um, I'm a big fan of vaccines and I'm a big fan of this dental vaccine. Most recently, New York became the first state to ban declaws. Um, here in Jersey, we haven't been doing declaws for about a year. Um, we, it's one of those things that um, all the vets in New Jersey uh, uh, came together and, and agree that you know it's not a good practice. The, the, it's funny. Um, in my neck of the woods, there are a lot of pet parents that have cats that were declawed. Um, and the process of declawing is not only removing the nail, but you actually remove the first part of the digit. Um, it is orthopedic surgery. Um, there can be pain issues involved. There can be uh, post-surgical issues with um, sensitivity involved in there. So um, it's best just to Honestly, it's best, to, it's best to have implementation of scratching areas. Um, Max, the clinic cat, is using my chair as a scratching area, <laughs> even though he has scratching posts and so forth. He uses everything. Um, and trimming your pet's nails. I think that's very important, um, cats and dogs alike. So um, way to go, New York. Two trends I've seen in practice recently is the incidence of seizures um, because of the, we, we had a lot of rain, we had a lot of thunderstorms. Um, there were some pets that hadn't had seizures for years that actually had seizures. Um, most cases are epileptics. Um, others are other causes of seizures. So um, if seizures are diagnosed in young dogs um, to about the age of four, chances are it's epilepsy. Um, typically, if seizures occur in older cats and dogs, we have to look at secondary causes, whether it be neurological in origin or metabolic um, organ issues in origin. But I noticed an increase in seizures. So, um, and the other thing was increase in thunderstorm phobias because along with these thunderstorms came a lot of um, dogs that are scared of thunderstorms. There's a lot of issues with that. And along those lines, I mean, it, it's um, more and more pet parents are getting CBD oil. And um, anecdotally, we're finding that those that are administering CBD oil are actually having benefits from seizures and benefits from the phobias. So definitely talk to your veterinarian. I think the most important thing is that the sources of the CBD oil, um, keep in mind it's not um, marijuana, it's the other plant. Um, and it's important to get the sources. Um, it is not regulated, so it is difficult to get good sources, so definitely talk to your veterinarian. So the sources have to be important. The research um, affiliated with those companies has to be sound. You could be buying a CBD oil that really doesn't have a lot of the product that you need in it. Um, I think that goes for supplements in general. Um, the biggest one that I deal with are joint supplements. Everyone buys glucosamine chondroitin, but what the... There's a company that I love. Uh, um, this is a personal choice. I love Nutramax. Um, what they give you is what you get. Um, a study was done recently, and 90% of the products on the shelf do not give you what they say is, is in there. So definitely talk to your veterinarian. Every veterinarian is going to have a preferred source, but your veterinarian will have a good source of supplements. It's a really good discussion to have because you could be taking a, giving your pet a supplement that potentially can be harmful depending on what's in there, but um, equally important, it may not work and it turns you off that supplement when had you bought a um, really good supplement that would work, you would see the benefits. So I'm seeing huge benefits of glucosamine conjoint supplements in pets, huge. Um, and I'm seeing benefits of uh, pet parents that utilize CBD oil for their pets. So check it out. It's all good stuff. And lastly, I'd like to end with just an update on the grain-free issue. So um, 
the FDA put out a statement indicating um, particular number and names of pet uh, dog pet foods that they would recommend you you avoid. Um, the big the whole big thing is it's still under study, um, and so it. The main category, they were listed as grain-free, or we call them exotic foods, and um, we're looking at what else is in there that could affect this. So the bottom line is your veterinarian is going to talk to you about avoiding grain-free products, and the, the take I have on it right now is it's still under study. They're trying to find out what it is, but there's a link between the, the, the foods listed as grain-free um, or um, what they call them. Uh, Limited ingredient food, um, limited ingredient being the limited proteins in there. Um, I, I think you have to be careful about that. And the best analogy I can give you is that not every smoker develops lung cancer. Um, there's a genetic predisposition um, for some of those people with that particular gene that if they smoke, they can develop lung cancer, as those people without the gene may not develop lung cancer. But would you recommend smoking? No, and I think it's the same thing. I think that um, because the food industry is not, you know, labeling and regulations aren't really there, there's a lot of people who get scared about the ingredients that they see on dog food. And it's, it's interesting that I see this when a lot of the companies are – you know, have studies been done on the food? Is there a, a board-certified veterinary nutritionist that has leading those studies um, for that food? So at this point in time, it's tough for me as a practicing veterinarian to recommend something outside what I call the big four. Um, IAMS, which is Yukonuba, Hills, which is Science Diet, Purina, and Royal Canin. Those are the four companies that create therapeutic diets for veterinarians. And they're the ones who do research and development. They're ones that show you what you're getting is on the label. Um, and there's AFCO labeling, which is AAFCO that you have to look for. Um, we came across a false labeling, AFCO. So just be careful about things like that. But talk to your veterinarian about um, diets. But in my opinion, I would not be on the grain-free diets. I would talk to your veterinarian, um, get on a diet from the big four until all this is determined what's going on, and then we can slowly um, get you. But we had a great guest, um, Dr. Martha Klein's a veterinary nutritionist. If you have questions about things, I'd be more than happy to, to um, relay those to her. Well, that ends it for today's show. Um, thanks so much for listening. And as always, everyone... Love your pet like they love you unconditionally. Have a great day. That was Your Pet Matters with Dr. T of Progressive Veterinary Care. You can tune in right here every Saturday at 10 a.m. Or to hear more right now, you can go to 1077thebronc.com slash yourpetmatters, where you can download past episodes as podcasts on your favorite platform like Apple, Google, Spotify, and more. Your Pet Matters is underwritten by Progressive Veterinary Care, 390 County Road, Route 518, Skillman. For more information online, it's ProgressiveVeterinaryCare.com. We'll see you next time, only on 107.7 The Bronx.
That was a weekend rewind of Your Pet Matters with Dr. T of Progressive Veterinary Care. Remember to catch him at his original time on Saturdays at 10 a.m. Weekend Rewind will be back tomorrow with Your Career is Calling, so keep it tuned right here to 1077 The Bronx.